Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. Now, that clip you just heard at the beginning there, that, that was from a little song that I've just recently been introduced to called Chapter 12. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but first I want to introduce my guest for this evening, who's part of the inspirational group that created such an amazing song. Uh, his name is Bob, a.k.a. Sequel, from the band Ink to Spill. How are you today, Bob? I'm doing great. How are you, Ryan? I'm fantastic. It's another beautiful night, and I get to talk to you, so it's perfect. Cool. <laughs> I guess we're going to kind of uh, start things off with probably the most common question you've ever been asked, but that would be, where did Ink to Spill come from? What What's that title mean? Yeah, so we uh, originally launched as The Quills back in December of 2016. And um, we, we even though we got the trademark, uh, we started realizing that there were bands with similar names out there. As I started working with a marketing consultant, he told me this is going to be a problem for us. You know, you get on Spotify, um, you... Uh, you get on other platforms and people are searching for, for bands and they're going to come up with three or four different versions of the quills. And there's actually a, a band in Europe, I think it's Sweden, uh, where the guy is called the quill mm-hmm. and uh, he's got like 14 CDs out there. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, and he, interestingly, I think he did his first American tour the year after we launched. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he was, he was like, hey, you got any other ideas for names? And I said, you know, um, I wrote a song called Ain't to Spill back in 16. 
and I was on a I was on another flight, um, which is where most of my songs get written. Uh, and uh, it was it was sort of autobiographical. It was about becoming a songwriter and observing what was going on in the country at that time. Mm-hmm. And the first guy I shared it with, who I've collaborated with in the past, said, hey, that should be your name. And I was thinking, I think so, too. Um, but at the time, we were kind of invested in the quills. My uh, marketing consultant uh, suggested it. I said, here's what I've got. And it's it seems fresh. It seems a little bit actionable, sort of like Imagine Dragons to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I said, there's a, it really paints the picture because this is, you know, this started out as a lyric project, basically. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, four guys who got together and said, hey, let's create music together. It was me sending tons and tons of lyrics to uh, my first collaborator. And he got to the point where he couldn't take them all. Uh, and he secretly farmed them out to a couple guys on the West Coast that are in his band. And uh, they came back with a, with a song. It was, it was supposed to have kind of a Fargo blues effect and they, they nailed it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how this project got off the ground. They, they called me after they sent me the demo and said, hey, we've seen your lyrics. We want to start a band together. Uh, you into it. And it took me a little while to think about it because I, I didn't know anything about the music industry. So eventually I got back to them and said, I'll do it uh, as long as we run it like a business and uh, we try to let the world hear it. So that's how we were born. Right on. And, and so you're the songwriter for the band. You're the muse almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, I do all the lyrics. And, you know, Gus will occasionally tweak a line or two to make it easier mm-hmm. to get the syllables out. Uh, but yeah, I, I write the, the songs and kind of tell them this is what I'm hearing in my head. Sometimes I'll do a scratch vocal and then they go to town on it. Wow. Do they typically do a pretty good job of, you know, what you're hearing in your mind? Yeah. Uh, Gus and I seem to be on the same page almost all the time. And, uh, every once in a while I'll say, no, it doesn't sound right. Uh, and we go then two two different paths. One is, hey, it sounds cool, but it wasn't what I was thinking. Oh, okay. So let's keep it and do a second version, and and maybe we'll release them on the you know same album, sort of like uh, you know Neil Young's um, "Hey Hey My 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 Hey Hey" mm-hmm. on the back back end of each uh, side of the album. And uh, so sometimes we'll do that. Uh, other times we'll we'll just scratch the first one and restart. Oh, oh, okay. Do you yourself have any kind of uh, inspirations that you draw from or uh, other songwriters that you might, you know, kind of take cues from? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I love uh, Bernie Taupin uh, and the work that he does with Elton. Uh, I used to love Cat Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I was born a little bit late for Bob Dylan, but I'm uh, Gus, our guitarist and vocalist, is, is very into Dylan and I've uh, started uh, paying more attention to him uh, recently. That's cool. That's cool. Then, we're, <laughs> so our, we're trying to take sort of that lyrical approach and then tie it into alternative rock sound. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think you achieved that pretty well. I, I really like the music that you've got out and I think the <laughs> listeners would too. They definitely need to check that out. And we're, we're at the end of the show. We'll tell them where to head to, to hear all that and follow along. 
Um, but so is there, would you only exclusively work with this band or would you work with uh, a different artist if they said, hey, we really like the work you do. Would you write a song for us? Absolutely. Um, so I, I started out working for a band called Equilibrio. Uh, in Chicago. It happens to have some of the same band members my band has. Oh, okay. Um, you know, but yes, I, I've been asked uh, by a local artist to, to help him. Um, he hasn't really followed up on that, but, uh, and, you know, I've written songs that are outside of our genre. And, um, you know, there is a, there is a sequel music um, site uh, that kind of explains uh, my my lyrical background um, and suggests that eventually I want to start multiple projects. Fantastic. That'd be really cool to see come to fruition. Yeah. What's the hardest part about writing a song? Um, I, I don't find it hard at all. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, usually it's um, it, it sometimes just one word. I mean, I, I challenged myself once to write a song about a preposition, just oh. a, and and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked it worked, but it worked. Um, so yeah, I don't find it hard at all. I, I I tend to be a little bit outside the box thinker. I started my career as a, an inventor, and um, you know, so I'm always kind of thinking a little bit uh, slanted versus the rest of the population. And um, so I try to come up with stuff like you'll notice we don't have too many simple love songs, let's say. We, we have sort of concept songs and things about things that other people would likely not think to write about very often. Mm-hmm. Okay. And once I get started, it's just, you know, how do you create a story around that concept? Things to flow fairly easily. Some, some songs sit on the bench for years, but <laughs> most of them go pretty quick. Nice. Yeah. Well, since you don't really have a, a part that's kind of hard to do, what do you feel, for you anyway, is the most rewarding part about writing a song? Uh, I think, you know, seeing these guys um, find the energy in how I was thinking about it um, and then putting it into something very audible. Um, you know, it, it for me, it's it's really... I used to be, I, I mean, by training, I'm a scientist. And uh, so that can sometimes, as, you, as you're working in that environment, be kind of a cold, hard, you know, uh, uh, law of physics, law of chemistry kind of world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not too much uh, space for thinking about emotions, feelings, etc. So um, this has really just opened my mind up in a different way, kind of late in life. Um, for me to think about things that either I never thought of or I never thought of very deeply. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's been emotionally rewarding from that standpoint. I, I think in a way I'm a different person. Well, it's like they always say, better late than never, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you know, we kind of talked a little bit in the pre-recording and it kind of goes along with what you were talking about with thinking outside the box and, you know, opening up your mind and thinking about things differently and stuff. I'd like to kind of talk a little bit deeper about Chapter 12. And, and like I said, we talked about it in the pre-recording, but you had an amazing origin story for that song. And just the 
the way you described the end of it, like, okay, so I'm writing the song as if this person is next to me, was just, I did never heard that before. So uh, would you mind kind of going over that origin story again for the listeners? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, we were going to, uh, <clears throat> I was developing a bucket list back in uh, 2015 as I turned the clock on 50. And um, we, I wanted to see uh, Collective Soul live before I was no longer walking the planet. So uh, they were not really touring in America. They were touring in Canada. And uh, I was like, oh, the only open spot I've got uh, schedule wise is, is for a concert in British Columbia, which is not that easy to get to from New Jersey. Uh, but I really wanted to see them. And uh, I bought a set of tickets for my family and uh, a couple of tickets for uh, my friends who uh, were part of the first music project I was in. And uh, we all decided to meet up in, in British Columbia. Uh, and like I said earlier, it, it, it's probably the trip my kids most talk about, um, even though a lot of our vacations were much longer. Um, so to start the trip, my son gave me his favorite book of a visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan, who eventually won a Pulitzer for that. And um, I read the book on the way out. And when you get to the chapter 12, <clears throat> there's literally, literally uh, no prose. So it, it's presented like a PowerPoint presentation with bubble charts and graphs and uh, bar charts. And it's about this boy, Lincoln, I think he was 14. And he's on the autism spectrum. And he's completely obsessed with the pauses in rock songs uh, to the point where he charts out where the pause is in the song, how long it is, and it's the power of its emotive effect. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, when, when there's an autism, autistic child in the family, there's other challenges. So this story is juxtaposed uh, between the, the emotions that his family is going through, uh, raising him, and, um, and particularly the frustrations that his, his father's going through. Uh, so it was, it was very powerful. There, you don't miss the prose at all. Um, so she did an amazing job uh, with the bullets uh, and the bubbles in explaining exactly what's going on with this kid and his family and and with his special interest. So, uh, you know, we saw the concert. It was a, a tight show. Uh, we did a little sightseeing around British Columbia, which is uh, beautiful, and uh, came back. And on the ride back, I thought, you know, this chapter really needs to, to live sonically. And um, so I started thinking about, like, how would I go about uh, writing about this kid's obsession. And uh, I thought about like how I'm, I've been social distancing my whole life. So how would I feel if this kid was sharing his hobby with me next to me trapped in this middle tube for six hours? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and how I would probably feel really awkward. I'm not usually the guy who talks to the person much next to, next to me on the plane. And I thought, wow, this would be really cool to to learn his special talent uh over that period of time by the end of it you know i i talk about it as my best uh, january's to december moment of pausing 
that's that's a wild story that's just crazy (laughs) (laughs) they i mean and it came out wonderfully it's a great song and i love the style that uh the band did with that too thank you i i agree and it's you know it our first songs were were a little bit more uh folky Mm -hmm. this was kind of a sonic departure and and kind of felt like it needed a little bit more grunge to it yeah I, i mean and it mixed really well that way i i just it it's not a hard thing to listen to. Like you could listen to it on a repeat. That's for sure. Thanks. (laughs) Now, since uh, we last spoke over emails and things like that and trying to set up our schedules, you've been developing another project that's going to be coming out called where went Jose. What's that all about? So where went Jose is, is similar in that it's, it's um, presented as a, a song from, a child's point of view, oh. uh, and uh, I uh, part of my day job is to uh, tour uh, California's ag- agricultural valley, oh. and uh, I started doing that in '07, and I got a real appreciation for how hard uh, the dreamer community works to put food on every American's table, and. Uh, you know, the, those farms and those fields, if, if you haven't been to Central California, I mean, that is large scale ag to the nth degree. Um, and there, there's not very many guys in a field who look like me. Um, they've, they've mostly immigrated in the last uh, generation or so uh, from Mexico, Central America, um, and they work like they work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of sweat equity in the vegetables, fruits, and nuts that America consumes you know, from from these dreamers. And um, you know, it 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 sort of doesn't make sense to me that you know, a few years back when we had three percent unemployment and um, and a really strong economy, that you tell the people who are producing all this food for your country. Uh, we don't want you anymore. Um, like you're really not going to recruit people from Norway and Sweden to come in and pick fruit uh, or or harvest nuts or harvest vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought about the, you know, the pain that those communities were going through when um, they were being targeted by ICE. And you know, if you talk about it from a, an adult's point of view, it can become political pretty easily. But if you talk about it from a child's point of view and how did I lose my best friend, that's pretty different. Yeah. Wow. That That's deep. Like, man, I don't even have words for that. That That's going to be a good song. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it rocks and there's a little bit of spoken word slash rap in it. Um, and uh, we've gotten great responses to the people from, you know, from the people who've heard it so far. That is so, fantastic. Feeling really good about it. Well, that's great. I I really hope that the listeners definitely check that out. That sounds awesome. Thanks. So yeah, that'll launch uh, June twenty fifth, and uh, I'll do a I'll, that night. I'll I'll likely do a live cast on Facebook to introduce it. Right on. 
Well, that that's actually a really good segue right there for the live cast. Um, you know, we can take a, a moment here to let you tell the listeners all your different social medias and uh, your SQL website and things like that so they can, you know, go check you out, follow along, click the likes, the links, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, the most important website for us is inktospill.com. Um, and you can download all of our songs there. There's uh, some T-shirts, uh, merch. Uh, hopefully, eventually, we'll have uh, face masks. Um, and uh, hopefully soon, our first album. Uh, so inktospill.com for that one. Uh, we're on Facebook uh, with an Ink to Spill page. And I just really started uh, getting into Instagram. Uh, so uh, still trying to figure out how to make the connection between my account and the ink to spill account. Um, but uh, once I get the tech solved, uh, we'll be on Instagram as well. Cool. Right on. And I'll, I'll do my due diligence to put links to the different uh, medias in the podcast description. So the listeners can just click the link and go. All right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, so Bob, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show today and, and just letting me know the history and a little more about the band and your music and your songwriting style. Like you're, you're a really awesome guy. And, and you know, most people, you know, I don't want to generalize or stereotype, but most people that are over 50 or have just reached 50, it's almost like they kind of shift gears and they want to have these uh, midlife crises and things. And <laughs> you seem to be just like level headed and putting out some really good product. I like it. Well, oh, thank you so much. And I really appreciate your, your open style. It's uh it's easy to talk to. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> so maybe after where went Jose comes out, we'll get you back on for a little, you know, five, 10 minute update episode where you can talk about it. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, and the month after that, we'll be launching our title song ink to spill. So, Oh, nice. So there you go. Lots of good stuff coming up. Yeah. All right. Well, this going out to the listeners, you know, you've heard it right here. There's lots of stuff coming in the works and lots more, I'm sure, in the future. So you definitely want to get over to those social medias and get on board. Follow now before they get so big that it's hard to get in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I have a feeling there's big things coming for Ink to Spill. Like they're a really oh, great band. Everybody's going to want to check them out. I know it. Thank you. It's great to have something like that to look forward to. <laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in. And thank you again, Bob, for coming on and talking to us. Uh, don't forget to stick around for the end of the show so you can hear all the different uh, social medias that you can follow along with besides the Leo effects. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.